It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. By the way, uh, join us during the week. Fox Business Network, name the show's Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. And if by some chance you can't make it at 4, just text your favorite nine-year-old. And she will show you how to DVR the show. And by the by, you can listen to this uh, radio show on the Internet, live streaming, LarryKudlowShow.com, LarryKudlowShow.com. So let's do some stock market work. We've got Jim LeCamp, Senior Vice President at Morgan Stanley, and Mike Ozanian, Assistant Managing Editor of Forbes Media and co-host of Forbes Sports Money. Gentlemen, welcome. Mike, uh, Yankees are losing to uh, Minnesota. What's up with that? Minnesota's good, and the Yankees haven't figured out how to get Carrera out for two years. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think every time he plays the Yankees, he hits a home run, drives in at least three runs. So uh, maybe we'll figure that out this afternoon. I think, Larry, this is kind of like, you know, uh, with the Yankees, it's sort of the same thing we're, we're doing uh, in politics, we're, we're waiting for the cavalry to arrive. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll get our starting, get some of our starting pitchers back, and uh, hopefully improve from there. All right. Well, you're the expert. Uh, I'm be optimistic. Jim McCamp, top uh, uh, top story in the Wall Street Journal this morning above the fold is a big rally and big bank stocks, big mm-hmm. bank stocks. J.P. Morgan and City and Wells Fargo. So I'm looking, let's see, the KBW Bank Index was up 3.2% last week. JPM up 8.8, Citigroup up 8.1, Bank of America 6, Wells Fargo 4.6, Goldman Sachs 4.5. Big earnings, huge profits, as I understand it, and also big infusions of deposits. So what's going on there, Jim LeCamp, and does this last? There's a couple of things going on with the big banks that are um, – when we had the problems with um, Silicon Valley Bank and and the others, uh, you saw a deposit flow out of small banks and regional banks into the bigger banks. I work for uh, one of them, so I've seen it uh, anecdotally, but I've also seen the money flows uh, across the country. Now, that's stabilized, and the reality is we still have an inverted yield curve. And when you look at the XLF, uh, the financial index, the the ETF, yeah, you've popped up here over the last couple of weeks. But look at it in a longer picture and look at the market on a longer picture. We haven't gone anywhere. We haven't gone anywhere in a year, um, for really two years for the market. We're kind of right back where we were. And that's because we're getting this tug of war at the Fed. You know, they added $755 billion in liquidity in the first quarter. So it's no wonder you saw the stock market go up in the first quarter. That's going to ease a little bit now that the banking crisis is starting to abate and ameliorate a little bit. And now you've got these all, all these earnings we're going to have to fight through. In the meantime, 
all the economic data, no matter what box you want to check, whether it's leading indicators, factory output, now retail sales, CapEx plans, and the inverted yield curve, check every box. We're heading to a recession, and so we're going to have issues. And with these banks, in answer to your question, with the yield curve still inverted, uh, they're going to be okay, but I don't know that they're going to be a great place to allocate risk dollars. Michael Zane, you buying gold? Gold I is am buying gold. Gold is hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The instability of the dollar has been incredible. Uh, you know, Jim touched on the what the Fed's been doing. Uh, you know, it's the, the the best way to put it, I guess, the changes in the money supply mm. have so drastically changed uh, and, and gone from massive increases to negative year-over-year changes uh, and I think the all of that's caused instability in the dollar has big up and down swings. It's down lately. And I think that's one of the reasons why gold is up. Uh, you know, Jim touched on, you know, the Fed. I, you know, there's everything the last couple of months has been, do we bet on the Fed easing or, or you know, in a couple of months? When are they going to stop hiking? And all of that's created a lot of instability in the dollar, which in my view is the exact opposite of what the Fed should be aiming for. You know, uh, they, there was a great op-ed two days ago about how the great economist Robert Mundell was right mm-hmm. and it's looking for a stable currency. That was spot on. We've seen some others come out. Of course, my boss, Steve Forbes, has talked about tying it to commodities and to gold forever. Uh, the great Art Laffer has come out recently and talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I, I think that's that's the big thing. And as it affects banks, you know, uh, I think, in my opinion, everything Jim said is absolutely correct. I would just add to that by saying, you know, even J.P. Morgan warned about its net interest income will come under pressure in coming quarters. And I think there's going to be a divergence. You know, the big banks have a lot more levers to pull than the smaller banks. And I think there's going to be a divergence between the two, a bifurcation. But Wall Street, you know, you know, you started this the show by talking about how the profits and stock prices did good. But if you actually looked at how some of the big banks are valued right now, it's not with a lot of optimistic bank of America is trading below book value. Mm. JP Morgan is trading at a price to book of 1.4. Not a lot of optimism or should I say, you know, confidence in those valuations. It's interesting. um, Year to date, uh, Bank of America is down 11%, and Wells Fargo's down 4 Goldman down 2 Uh JPM is up 3.5%, and Citigroup is up almost 10%. So it's kind of a mixed bag. I don't, I don't have Morgan Stanley, sorry, Jim. But um, in any event, I just w- thinking, I had this thought. Uh, we've had a lot of issues. We've had a year ago, we had... Two negative quarters, a lot of recession forecasts right now, uh, including the Federal Reserve Board staff. Uh, we've also had very high inflation. It's come off, but it's still sticking at around, I don't know, four, five, or six percent. But Jim LeCamp, the stock markets, if you look at all this, I mean, they're down, but they're not down that much. I mean, the Dow's at almost 34,000, the S&P's 4,100. It's not bad considering all the turbulence we've had in the economy. It's just interesting to me. 
Yeah, I think that's the biggest surprise of this year is that the the S&P 500 is actually up what it is on the year with all the indicators pointing towards recession. Uh, And it's been a very narrow set of leadership uh and and it's a really an odd set of leadership what you what you've had happen larry is last year the theme was raising rates so what happens you beat up all the nasdaq names that benefited from a 40 year drop in interest rates and now this year the narrative early in the year first quarter was that the fed was going to pivot and so a lot of those beaten down but but liked names whether it's Apple, NVIDIA, names like that, Tesla, uh, all, all got a bid again. But here's the thing. Uh, the Fed was uh, injecting liquidity into the market, and um, it was very narrow leadership. And the valuations of the market, uh, they're not compelling. In fact, when I look at what you can get on the sidelines in treasuries, in short treasuries, and I look at the equity risk premium, it's not very much. And what you want to do when you take risk is have an asymmetric trade. You want more upside than downside. At 17 and a half times earnings, you know, I would argue you don't have more upside than downside. You have a, it's fairly equal. Hmm. Uh, you know, with, with the top of the range probably being 21, 22 times earnings and the low end of the range being 13, 14 times earnings. But now you're heading into a recession without an asymmetric trade in front of you. So I think investors still need to be very, very careful in here. You've also benefited from the seasonals. You know, the third year of the presidential cycle is usually strong, especially in the first quarter. So that that's really helped the market as well. But I think this summer we're up for some uh, rapids and some rough sledding. You know, you look at um, one other measure here. You talk about the equity risk premium. So investment grade, Moody's BAA index is 5.5%. That's a good yield. Five and a half percent. I mean, the ten-year note is three and a half. Interest rates went up twenty-some odd basis points this past week, uh, even while stocks went up. But the Moody's BAA. I mean, corporate bonds, uh, good investment. Some of those indexes. Anyway, I'm saying this is five and a half percent. The other one, Michael Zanian, I I love this. Um, let's see, the biggest percentage gain this week. And make sure I'm right. I have all these. Yep. Bitcoin, 8.9%. <laughs> it is now trading at 30,461. You buying Bitcoin? You could barbell Bitcoin and gold. How about that? Well, you know, barbell? I, I, I stick huh? with gold. They, although you're, you're right to point out, of course, that they seem to, the last couple of years, moved in tandem. I fully do not understand Bitcoin. I will <laughs> admit that right out front. I do understand gold. Uh, so I, I would I would tend to go more with gold. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, the interesting thing, you know, uh, Jim was explaining a lot of what what's been happening with the stock market, you know, doing fairly well. I, I think perhaps part of that also has been the fact that earnings have held up fairly well. Yep. And one of the reasons why earnings have held up well is margins are down a little bit. Profit margins are off their peak, but they've ha- held up fairly well. And I think that companies now are are looking at their margins and they're saying, you know what, I think I know a lot of companies now, they're talking about layoffs, trimming the labor force. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's buttressed everything is that despite all the bad economic news, the unemployment rate has been very good in mm-hmm. and of itself. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think the job market has peaked, maybe 
late last year. Hmm. And I think that when you tie that into what we're seeing now with retail sales, a very disappointing number, hmm. I, I think that uh, I absolutely agree with Jim. I think that that spells uh, a very tough summer for equities. All right, let's take a break. We're talking to Jim McCamp, Senior VP of Investments at Morgan Stanley, and we're talking to Mike Ozanian, Assistant Managing Editor of Forbes Media and co-host of the Forbes Sports Money Show on the Yes Network. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back with stocks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Senior VP of Investments at Morgan Stanley and Michael Zanian, Assistant Managing Editor of Forbes Media, co-host of Forbes Sports Money Show on the Yes Network. A very good show indeed. Um, Michael Zanian, is there an energy play here? Oh, you know, um, oil, yeah. I'm just looking. West Texas is now 82 and a half. Brent crude is 86 and a half. Obviously, since the Saudi OPEC plus announcement, oil prices have gone up. Uh, gasoline prices have gone up. Uh, what do you make of it? Supply demand curve is definitely out of balance, Larry. I think you're here spot on. The way I would play that, it's kind of like the gold rush back in the 1800s in California. Instead of looking for the gold or maybe the pure oil plays, I'd go with the guys selling the shovels and picks for the <laughs> gold miners. I, I actually, I, I like Halliburton a lot, you know, which helps the oil companies explore. Uh, I, I think they're a very well-run company. I think that's a great way to play because despite all the the big, shall we say, government push to get us out of fossil fuels mm. and so forth, uh fact of the matter is this economy cannot run without it and uh the supply demand imbalance is going to push for a greater need of more oil and i and i think halliburton is a, is a good play in that jim lecamp you're down there in texas mm-hmm. there's a lot of oil in texas i i hear told um <laughs> what's your take on this story first of all are the oil producers producing more oil right now it's kind of uh, flat, flattened a little bit. Um, for about the last year, you did see an increase in the rig count and in production, mm-hmm. and now that that slope has really flattened out. It's still positive, but it's not real positive. Uh, producers have been very disciplined. Uh, used to be the cure for high oil prices was high oil prices. Mm-hmm. You just see uh, bigger and bigger uh, production, rig counts, etc. You're not seeing that this time. Part of part of that is the political environment. But I'm very bullish on crude for a number of reasons. Very simply, it's supply and demand. But even broader than that, Larry, if you look at the dollar, the the dollar's been weakening. There's an attack on the dollar uh, spearheaded by China. 
Um, they're trying to, you know, price gold in Renminbi, and they're trying to price gold and uh, price oil in, in, in gold and other currencies. The IMF is coming out with a, an idea for their own currency. And if you look at the CRB index, mm-hmm. it broke out this week. It broke the trend. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not just oil that you're seeing trade high. And I do like the gold trade as well. Copper, cattle, corn, lumber, and the index itself all starting to trade back higher. So I do think there's a trade there. And you can get a nice dividend yield on a lot of these oil stocks as well. So it's A, it's a value play. Uh, B, uh, it's a growth story, well, and C, you can capture a dividend out of there. So there's there's not a lot of reasons not to like it here. How is our Exxon and Chevron doing? I think they're doing great. I it mean, uh, you're, uh, again, you get a very nice dividend there, and 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 oil stocks are not like uh, tech stocks. With a tech stock, what you would want to do is look for high relative strength and buy a breakout. Mm. If you do that in oil, you're going to get killed. It's too cyclical. So you wait for long bases. What do you have in Exxon right now? A long base. What do you have in Chevron right now? A long base. Uh, those, those are really good entry points, and you're get, again, you're getting nice yields. Now, if you really want the power play, you're going to buy uh, the producers. Um, you want to buy the E&P companies that are uh, primarily located in the Permian Basin. But uh, if you want a safer play, a, a soft and steady one, I, I like Michael's play on the on the service company. And I like the Jay picks. Halliburton. I like the picks and shovels. I think that's a that's yeah. a great play. Mike um, Zanian, the Fed is going to raise its target Fed funds rate at the next meeting by a quarter of a percentage point. Uh, I don't know if it'll be the last one. Uh, I do believe wherever the peak in the target rate is, they are not going to start chopping it down immediately, as many on Wall Street are saying. So what's your take on the Fed play? Well, I, I agree. I think that they'll have another 25 basis point uh, increase at least because, excuse me, as you mentioned, inflation is still, I think it's 5% year over year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not going to, look, I'm not saying I agree with what the Fed has been doing. I'm just trying to read what they're going to do. And uh, I, I think if you're going to play this in equities, I, just going back to what I was saying earlier, I'm very hesitant to buy uh, government bonds. Uh, I still think, no matter almost what the environment is, I still think you should own some equities. Uh, and going back to my theme about margins, uh, you know, I was looking around a lot the last few days. I mean, there are some companies that have just been spectacular at managing their margins, uh, you know, so along those lines is a company like General Mills, for example, uh, 28% return on equity. Uh, I, I think you can still, you know, go into the equity market, but I think you're going to have to pick your spots. I agree with Jim about energy. Uh, my favorite play in that area happens to be Chevron. Hmm. Um, you buy an Anheuser-Busch? <laughs> uh, well, you know what? If it's cheap enough, I I, I might. Uh, you know, you know. I, I I guess I could be a hypocrite. I could disagree with all the wokeness. Yeah. But if that makes the stock cheap enough, I I might come in thinking they learned their lesson. They probably have anyway. Wait, are we talking about the product or the actual stock? We're not going to talk about what we're talking about. <laughs> Jim LeCamp, thank you very much. Mike Ozanian, thank you ever so much. We're going to move on to money and politics after the break. Liz Peak and Steve Moore. I'm Cudlos. Please stick around.